0: If you invest in yourself to begin with, you might realise that actually you do want to carry on in the industry.
1: We do know that behaviour is communication um, rather than being an indicator of, you know, how naughty somebody is.
0: If you want to be the best nanny you can be, you need to keep up with CPD. It's your choice to pay for it. You know, at nurseries, you get your first aid paid for, you get your safeguarding paid for. As a nanny, you don't get any of that. (laughs) I'm Maria Kelly. I currently work as a nanny and I've worked in early years for the last 15 years and um, started off working in nursery street management and then made the jump to
1: be a nanny. That's pretty interesting. Um, and some of our listeners have probably heard some of the other episodes that we've done with current nannies or nannies who've been nannies in the past and now do something else. Um, so there are lots of people who will be aware um, of all of the different types of nannying that there are Um, but I would bet money that there's still people listening to this episode who would be surprised to hear you say that you got to management level in a nursery and then made the decision to become a nanny. Um, Tell her a bit more about that. Sure
0: so um Well, originally, I never thought I wanted to go join the nannying world. And when I was first offered a nannying job, I actually turned it down. And I was like, "Oh no, I'll be too bored. I don't know anyone. Um, You know, that's not what I want to do." And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Actually, yeah, sure, I can. You know, run a nursery. But then I've still got the paperwork, and I'm still managing the staff and the children. And if you want to go on a day trip, it's you know, takes two three weeks to organise and You've got your officer paperwork and i was like actually if i go to be an nanny i don't need to do any of this i can just say can we go to the zoo today and as long as the parents say that's fine or go next week we go um and at the beginning it was quite lonely because i had gone from working in a team and having room leaders and other staff around to going out there on my own with me and my two small people um it really made me realize that there's great things about working in a nursery And there's great things about being a nanny. It's trying to find the middle to make it work because it can be a really lonely job if you don't make that effort to go out and talk to others or connect online or speak to those around you. Because a lot of people might presume you're you're the parent and we're like, oh, no, you know, nannies don't mix with parents or parents don't mix with nannies. So it's really about finding your place and making that effort to make it work for you because it's not a job for everyone.
1: I think that's absolutely fair enough, um, and it, it is definitely something that is is a is a job for a very specific sort of person. I think you've got to be able to very much give your yeah, all, but at the same time, be really good at keeping boundaries and being able to sort of know when the right thing to do both of those different things is.
0: Definitely. I mean, you might get rid of the paperwork from Austin on one side, but then you have got to jiggle the washer, washing machine, the dishwasher, the dishes on the side. What are we going to do today? To what time frame? And have I got parents coming in and out the house? You know, COVID has completely thrown the industry. Um, most nannies before be like, "Oh, we've got work from home parents. It's not the job for me." COVID's thrown it on his head, where that is now the new norm. Um, and I think it's taken parents and families and nannies that for now this is the new norm and it's adapting their ways and how they are. Whereas when you usually have say fr- free roofs to the house, you can maybe tidy up at the end of the day. If you've got parents that are now using the kitchen as you do, you can't do that because they'll come down to make a cup of tea and be like, Bom happened, what's gone on? Um whereas now it's it's what it's finding the balance and it's finding, you know, that right personality of the parents trust you enough to let them do things your way, but know their child is happy and safe and everything's being done. Um, you've got different commitments that you need to keep up. So like at a nursery, you don't take a child to the doctors, for example, or the dentist. As a nanny, you need to schedule and be on top of that. We've got immunizations in the next three weeks. You we need to let the parents know, are you coming and I coming? Are we doing it together? Where are we going? So you've got different pressures in different ways that that child is there. You do everything for that child and
1: that family. Do you think it's harder to just walk away at the end of your shift?
0: So I've transitioned recently from doing live-in to live-out. So for the last seven years I did live-in. So even though I finished say between seven and eight o'clock at night I was always at work because I was either upstairs in the loft or downstairs in the basement. Um, I've now transitioned to live-out so now it is a lot easier that I can leave at the end of the day but I also might know that if my charge is not well, I might get that
1: message or a phone call here and there. Is that normal, do you think? Is that is that a fairly standard thing with working with parents as a nanny? Um, that that there is a, a constant engagement or or that your input is wanted even when maybe you don't want to have an input? I'd say to a
0: degree. I think it really depends on the family you work for and you're putting your boundaries down um so many nannies you see online they'll whinge and moan that the parents have left the dishwasher full you know for the last six weeks and the nanny's always gone in on a Monday morning and emptied it so they become compliant and be like oh the nanny empties it anyway so why should I change it whereas if you kind of say look don't mind doing it on the off chance but you know it's all stuff from the weekend don't mind doing it to help out but please don't expect me to do it and it's going back to being in professional boundaries that depending on how your contracts were did, sure, you're going to do some housekeeping, usually it's nursery duties only, but parents can forget, and I suppose can start to take advantage of you if you just keep giving it, and then you get to the point where when you stop doing it, it then becomes an issue, because they're like, "But you've always done it, Oh, I always did it because I just wanted to make my life easier, but then that can kind of brew to a head later on down the line, and the nanny gets unhappy, and then the family gets unhappy, and something that could have been resolved quite easily and quite quickly at the beginning
1: could have stopped it snowballing. Yeah, and do you think that your management experience has helped you to be able to sort of judge those situations and I suppose look at it a bit like stakeholder management and, and, and to be able to to navigate that, that sort of situation?
0: Personally, I think so, yes. Um, I kind of like we have our routine and there's a bit of flexibility in it, but it's kind of like we do breakfast between this time and that time because you've got the rest of the day to manage so you know if you're then doing breakfast one day at eight o'clock on one day at 8 30 no wonder your child just haven't got a clue what's going on because they used to breakfast at this time with the go upstairs get our teeth brushed and do everything else whereas if you're then trying to miss things out or rush them then you're going to get flustered and so is the child because they're like well this is not what I usually do I you know children know what they're doing through a routine for whatever age they are they can't always communicate it with us, but most children know, you know, wake up, have milk, have breakfast, get dressed, put our clothes on, start our day, have a morning nap, depending on their ages. Um, so, yeah, I do think the management has helped to juggle the balls and work out, all right, the baby's going to nap from this time so I can put the washing machine on. It can finish at the lunchtime nap so I can empty it, get that done before the baby wakes up and I can get that put away at the end of the day. And keep keeping the balls juggling and keeping the household running because effectively you're doing it on your own.
1: Uh, again, I think that it might it might be interesting for people to hear you talk about the way that your sort of management experience and that sort of business experience has informed your work as a nanny. Because I think that for those who aren't involved in nannying or who may be starting out in the sector and sort of exploring their their sort of career path, they're probably expecting that management would be the end goal rather than something that you would progress on from to go back into that really hands-on sort of this child is my everything type of of, of care. Um is it can you see yourself going back to to working in a setting or working in management or I suppose is, is this career progression or is it a, a backward step or is it a going back? To how, how, how does this work for you?
0: I think going back to that, so because I've now been out in the nursery setting for so long, when COVID hit, um, I lost my job, I got repatriated back to the UK. I did contemplate going back to nursery. Um, and unfortunately, because the industry isn't regulated, um, when I was approaching nurseries and looking at the management roles, because I had been out of the early settings now for so long, they were like, look, you've got great management experience, but because you're not currently working to the new EYFS, which has changed since I was in management and working in a nursery, because your offset regulations are completely different to that of a nursery, for them to get someone at a management level, at the level I am, they can pay someone on a lower level, on a lower band, And have them in the current network and know how they're doing. So in a way, yes, I might be management, but that was a long time ago. Things have changed. Regulations have changed. um, And there is a big pay gap as well for me to go into management. Great. I'd be on par with potentially what I'm earning now. But to jump down and be like, look, I'm happy to go in at a lower level. But the salary jump from management to going back into early years as a room leader or third in charge is a huge difference. To what you'd be getting as in the management because of the because of my age and the experience a lot of places were like we'd love to have you involved but even though you've got the experience it's not currently where we
1: where we want it from. And I suppose From speaking to to nannies like Sharda um, Lambert and, and other nannies who are working in in different sort of career nanny roles in the sector we know that actually as a nanny you can get paid and awful lot more um than i think people might expect um if that's the route you choose to go down
0: completely i mean for me i would i can i can't see myself going back to an early year setting um just because i think because i've got so used to having that free that sole charge of giving my time 110 to this one family and the children that they have um you can really mold and become more of that journey with them that you ever could in the setting um but also it also depends where you want to be. Is nannying for you that's something you're gonna do as a stopgap? Are you gonna carry on a being career nanny? Because basically anyone can call themselves a nanny, anyone can be a nanny. Um we're not regulated. Um but if you want to be the best nanny you can be, you need to keep up with the CPD. It's your choice to pay for it. You know, at nurseries you get your first aid paid for, you get your safeguarding paid for. As a nanny, you don't get any of that. Some people can put it, get it in their contract and have their families pay a proportion of their CPD and first aid. Um, personally, I've gone on a bit of a CPD craze. Um, with, when the pandemic did hit, I was like, what do I do? So I did the first CASH um, trauma-informed practice course, FU Cash and I'm currently studying a level four in neuroscience in early years, that you've got to be dedicated and that you've got to want that out of your profession, because most people are like I've done a 60 hour week, why on earth do I want to do more and study and give up my weekends and free time to continue to do this?
1: Is it about just wanting to learn more and to, to know more because you're you care and I suppose to some extent enjoy what you do enough that you want to do more of it and that you still want to read about it at the end of a a 12-hour shift or however long it is that you've spent with your family that week um or is it I suppose that professionalization and that almost because it's not regulated there's more of a drive to prove your credentials or, or a bit of all of that or
0: I'd say it's probably a bit of all of it. I mean, we all know that early years is always looked down on as what do you do? You sit down and play all day. Anyone that works in early years knows the last thing you do is sit down and play all day. You'd love to be able to sit down and play all day, but the reality is that that's not what happens. Um, and I also think it's under, I get that acceptance of, yes, I work in early years, or yes, I'm a nanny, but you know what? I am clever. I can do this. It's not an easy job that the presumption of childcare is easy and anyone can do it. Um, It's almost showing you're a professional and you can have 15, 20 years experience, like I said, in the nursery, in the industry. But unless you keep on top of current changes and CPD and what the industry is shifting towards, um, none of that's relevant. Um, from doing the courses, I've changed my practice. So how I how I was a nanny a year ago to six months ago to even two weeks ago from a, a tr- course I did at the weekend just gone, my practice has changed dramatically. Um, a lot of what I learn now, you know, when I first did my cash um, in 2009 is, is relevant, but research has changed, there's new theories out, there's new evidence-based practice um there's that shift to be trauma informed and the emotional coaching side which you'd never heard of when i qualified to begin with but now with the research and the evidence and the books and the theorists you're kind of going actually this is this is relevant and if you don't do it you're not up to date with what you're doing and i don't think you can be the best nanny you can be
1: because you're kind of you're you're out there with the old times and you talked about obviously nanny not being regulated and 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 we know that Anyone can be a nanny, and you don't even have to be like registered with Ofsted, but you can be, but that doesn't mean you've got to have a qualification or anything. You know, I I have no childcare experience, no childcare qualifications, um, and I could put an advert on the internet and be a nanny like now if I wanted to be. Um, That seems terrifying to me because I've met lots of nannies who have obviously done lots of qualifications and have years of experience and, and, and who are working in that job role. Um, do you have any advice for someone who is starting out as a nanny or who is looking to explore their options in childcare?
0: My advice would be if you want to work in childcare at a bare minimum you need to have a CRB and a valid first aid certificate. Um, majority of families presume you do have to have childcare qualifications. You don't. Um, obviously, if you have some qualifications or even if it's some short, basic short courses that you can do online quite at, at a reasonable cost, if you haven't got the time to do to diploma or the money, do something because that will put you in good stead of the, that family will see you're committed and you actually care. And it's not something you're doing to make a bit of money on the side and like you're going to leave in a year. If you put, invest in yourself to begin with, you might realise that actually you do want to carry on in the industry. Or you might go, actually, I might then want to go into teaching. If you do something, put, put, invest in yourself. Um, none of us can go on holiday at the moment. I think we'd all love to. Um, so, you know, that while well, people, if, if you've got that time and that spare cash at the moment, do it because you never know when you might fall back on it and you might need it. And to have a qualification that's relevant when you've got the time um, is the best thing you can do.
1: In terms of, going back into education I think there's a lot of people who look at going into careers in childcare because maybe they don't want to continue in school or in education and it might be something that they're going back to later on or that you know that they've had a break and they've considered their options and now they want to do some more learning. Um, I know you've recently done quite a lot of study um as a grown-up going into settings um how has that felt
0: for me i actually found it really scary but i knew it's something i needed to do personally i knew that if i wanted to be the best nanny i could be and not leave the industry it would have been easier to turn around and go you know what i can't get a job there's too many people out there competing for the same that are doing it for a lot less because there's a pandemic parents need childcare. they're not Some families are just like, I just need my child looked after for them to be homeschooling. They don't want or don't need the other aspects that I can bring to my role. Um, So it was quite daunting. But for me, it was like, actually, you know what? Yeah, I work in early years. Yes, I'm a nanny. But just because I am a nanny doesn't mean I'm not capable of doing something else as well as. So I, I think I mentioned it earlier, I'm studying neuroscience in early years, which... For me, now, it makes complete sense when you look back to certain behaviours and the way things work. And it actually touches back on a few things of when I did qualify them years ago. But there's so much more informa- information in and it's relevant. And with the uptake of the books like um, The Whole Brain Child, parents are now starting to go, actually, the whole behaviour domineering, do as I say, not as I do you know, how you give punishments and time's out, being trauma-informed, actually, there's now people People are starting to realise and families going, yeah, it worked when I was younger and that's how we did it, but that's not what I want for my child because actually a lot of it has got adverse effects. It's all about understanding why your child or your children are acting that way because they've got a need that needs to be met. It's not because they're being naughty because they don't actually know what naughty means until you label them.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, we've had, obviously, conversations on the podcast with Dr. Minna Youngbayer and um, other sort of practitioners within that sort of self-re- self-regulation and co-regulation space. Um, so we do know that behaviour is communication um, rather than being an indicator of, you know, how naughty somebody is or if that they're being a bad person or they're being some reason for punishment. Um, and... I mean I wrote an article for the Cash Alumni website um a couple of years ago called don't train your baby like a dog um after that horrible channel 4 program um came out um how do you think you'll continue to to evolve your practice through through learning um is it Courses and qualifications, or is there that other that stuff that you do, sort of more regularly, or take in to sort of help you to stay up to date? I'm
0: actually training to be an emotional coaching practitioner. Um, I'd like to hope once I've got my practitioner status, I can continue being a nanny and be the best nanny I can be. But I can also spread my knowledge and understanding through my status to other nannies, even even if it was just a few workshops to begin with to actually just make them think, oh, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it is something I should look at. Um, maybe there is more, even if it's just that planting that seed of, oh, actually, maybe I should think about my practice. It's better than nothing. Um, I have written a couple of articles as well about my journey through the industry and how it's evolved and changed since doing various courses within the within the year. Um, I've also done the self-regulation course with Dr. Monet. Which is amazing, and I would certainly advocate if if you want, if you're a nanny starting out or a well-seasoned nanny, have a look on, have a look and do it. it. You can do it in your own time. There's no pressure to get deadlines in. Obviously, there is a time restriction, but it will make you re reassess and reevaluate how you work, and hopefully make your job easier. Um, because we know then what we're looking for. And we know that the child is not being naughty they're attention seeking they, they need you to help them
1: skills is has a great new addition to the cash alumni website we've worked with skills miner to offer access to their amazing tool that can help you to figure out what you might want to do next in terms of learning or which job you might be suitable for that you might not have considered before or even just to figure out what your skill set is you can access skills for free as part of your cash alumni membership all you've got to do is go to cashalumni.org.uk and head to the skills minor page in the professional development section. Do you think that being a nanny and having to navigate the sort of business side of being a nanny, because contrary to popular opinion, nannies are not self-employed. There's just a lot of negotiation to be able to do all of that contractual stuff and to be able to find a family for yourself. And you've got to do the business development aspect almost of selling yourself. Do you think that's given you more confidence to be able to be entrepreneurial in terms of like, oh, well, I'll do this course and then I'll start a secondary business doing this. And I might do this over here and write articles or do this and be part of this organisation over here.
0: Completely. I mean, again, when you're in the earliest setting, you have a HR team, you've got an issue, you go to them. We don't. And like you said, nannies are not self-employed. We are employed directly by the family. So, yes, we are entitled to a pension and holiday pay and sick pay that you must negotiate in your contract. There are various companies that can do it for you. Um, I'd always advocate to go via a reputable agency to find your job um, and they will do the majority of the negotiations for you. Um, There you'll go to in between. They'll make sure... Or ho- hopefully make sure that, that your payroll set up, that you're being paid legally, that the rates that you decide on and agree on is what's in your contract. Um, because we are, our, we, we are our own advocates for ourselves. So once that contract is signed, you can't really go back and say, oh, but I want a pay rise. If you expect a pay rise that, that you should ever expect one, then in your contract, you should put that there's a yearly pay review or a stipulation to say um bonuses are not you know bonuses are exactly that a bonus they shouldn't be expected um you know big corporate companies you get a christmas bonus you get a summer party you get a christmas party as a nanny none of that should be expected but if you word your contract correctly and properly and seek advice from different places they're there to help you um you've got to really be your own advocate for yourself and sell yourself because anyone can be a nanny so you've got to really sell yourself to that family or to that agency to put you forward to that job because there may be 20 people going for one job you've got to make yourself stand out to be put forward for that job and then stand out when you're with that family in that interview whether it's a trial period or a zoom or however it is i mean i've had jobs where i've had six or seven interviews um varying clients would like to do different things i've had trials where I've been asked to plan activities for the day um, with three or four children and you've got to be able to demonstrate a you can do that and it doesn't fluster you and you're capable of doing that and actually almost perform who you are in the role that you're going to be as you would do if you were working that job full-time.
1: Wow so I suppose that Being able to do the the business stuff and the framing and the contractual stuff and the negotiation and being able to sell yourself and all of that stuff would set you up really well um, for being able to start a second business or a third business or to do sort of little bits of of other stuff because you already sort of have those skills in the bag. Um, In terms of repatriation, obviously, that means that you were abroad, you weren't in the country um, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, tell us a little bit about that. So, being an Annie, you can pretty much
0: work every anywhere with the correct visas and paperwork. Um, the family I was working with at the time, we were working in the Caribbean. Um, the plan was never to move permanently, but COVID happened, and. Um, I got a message after I'd been there a few weeks to say, oh, we're calling all British citizens to come back. Right. okay. So I rang my dad going, well, what's going on with COVID? Because, you know, we were out on the Caribbean island. It's sunny. It's 30 degrees. I've got my work family. Oh, I didn't know anyone else. that we're by the pool. We can see the beach. It's it's lovely. And then the reality of, oh, right. The shops are going to shut from six o'clock. There's curfews. Right, okay, so what happens now? Oh, we're going to start stopping all the planes. So I went back onto the FCO and went, I've reread your message. What does this mean exactly? And they were like, right, well, because there's a pandemic, we are repatriating richest citizens back to the UK. Okay, so I went back to my family and said, look, I've had this message. What, what are you guys doing? And they made the decision to move there permanently. Um which is amazing. And I
1: was on a flight within 72 hours back to the UK. What was it like working in the Caribbean?
0: Again, dependent whether you're there working as a travel nanny or working on a property on site, it's completely different. So what I'd say is when you're working and it's a temporary role and you're in a resort, it's so different to working in a house, not knowing where anything is, not knowing anyone at all. And relying on your dodgy 3G on this tiny island to communicate home with anyone you know. Um, It's not a holiday for nannies. Five-star hotels, they sound amazing. They are amazing for the people that stay there. But the people and clients that stay there do not want to see a two or three-year-old toddler running around. The people that stay in there really don't want to see children at all, let alone you running after a toddler trying to entertain them in a five-star hotel. So you've really got to be adaptable and go, okay, great. It's a Michelin star restaurant. What is my child going to eat? He's not going to eat snails and lettuce. What? How can you adapt that menu to that? I've got to sit here. We've got to act a certain way because we're in the cup, you know, depending who you're with, you know, there are expectations of you and the family to go, just, just be calm, be cool. We can do this.
1: We'll get through it. Is that quite, difficult to get used to sort of transitioning not only your behavior but the behavior of be- being in charge of someone else's children possibly whilst they're there um to fit social norms in circumstances which you might not as a leads lass ordinarily be sort of comfortable in
0: oh completely i mean i've had Families w- w- not necessarily request a uniform, but I've had families that have requested me to, a you not any way of wearing any makeup. Well, if that's fine to me. It's one less thing to do in the morning. Perfect for me. Don't wear any at the best of times. Um, I've had families request that we're going to a certain event. I need you to wear this. Or they'll say, we've got this event coming up. We need you to go and buy a dress and outfit for the, for you and the charges so that you fit in or either blend in or not blend in. Um, it's, it's a different world. I mean for me I'm just kind of like I'm up, I'm dressed, I'm washed, I'm wearing clothes. That's what you do in a normal job but then when that reality is oh by the way you've got to navigate the press or you've got to navigate this person's high profile but you can't act any different. They are just that person's friend or that person's cousin or they are just a person like you are so it's for me I'm useless. I could see celebrities on TV, I could walk past them, I wouldn't have a clue. So for me it's perfect. Um, I don't forget one of the times I went round for a Sunday roast and they were like oh blah 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 I sat there and had a 45 minute conversation it's only when I left and clocked the car and they went oh actually I did recognise that person <laughs> and then went oh what was their name and googled it I went oh didn't even realise <laughs> it's you know whether you work for high profile families royal families celebrity clients they are just normal people and they will respect you more for treating them as normal people than being, oh, I'm working for this person because actually it's harder to work for a VIP client or someone in the public eye than a family that's not well known because you don't batter an eyelid.
1: And I suppose part of the skill of that nanny position is what we're talking about before in terms of being able to do the business stuff and the navigate and the family stuff. It is part of that stakeholder engagement. Um, But I think even just understanding all of those social rules to be able to command that situation, I think I'd find that really tricky just doing that for myself Um, because in the very process of recognising and just treating that family and their friends and everybody else as normal people, I think I would need to forget that there were extra eyes or extra sort of sticking points um to be able to be myself
0: and also it's it's being on board with different cultural beliefs and way celebrations and how they do certain things so I remember one of my clients it's the first time I celebrated Diwali so I was like okay oh gosh what do I wear we've got this this and this happening that person's coming this but So it's like, right, okay, fine. Got the children ready. And then I got presented with an outfit to wear and I was asked to sit at the head of the table. And I just remember sitting there going, what do I do now? And I was expected to give this speech about being at the head of the table because I was part of their celebration. And I was just like, I'm glad I Googled it when I went to the toilet. Put it that way, because when you're put on the spot, you've got to think quick and it's got to be relevant um you know reactions think fast you you kind of you need to always be one step ahead of the game you might not think you need it always expect the
1: unexpected we've talked a little bit about how nannies have to have all those business skills and 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 all of that sort of ability to sort of code switch between different social stations and groups and and to sort of switch between different relationships and both be really flexible and really accommodating but also to have boundaries and to, to to have sort of professional limits and to be able to have those difficult conversations but at the same time keep their family very happy. Um and that all sounds very complicated to me. Um but it never fails to amaze us that no matter which nanny it is I speak to, you all seem considering all of those things and all of that sort of professional planning and, and sort of seriousness that needs to happen is that you all seem to be bits of free spirits um, and that it's sort of like there isn't a an end goal for, well, this is what my career should look like and this is where I'm travelling towards and there's a little bit of let's see where the world takes us. Completely. I mean,
0: if I, when I first left the early years industry, you uh, know, we working in the nurseries, If someone would have said to me in that time, you're going to work in five star hotels, you're going to get repatriated, you're going to go to this event and that event and meet this person, I would have went, Who me? I said, You're having a laugh. It's not going to happen to me. You don't know where that job could take you. And it's all about, you know, someone might have seen you at work at an event and then go, Oh, I've seen this person. How do I get in contact with them? It's definitely like in the industry, it's a very close knit, closed industry majority of clients dependent on what sectors they're in they all know, know everyone um so and that nannies tend to like once they're in little groups they tend to know that little group it's yeah there, there is a nice community to it but you've always got to remain professional and be like you never know what's going to get back to anyone and you never know what's going to get back to employers so things on facebook you don't want your bosses to see it and don't post it because believe me we might think our facebook's and locked down. Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Where would you say that people should go to find that community where, where is helpful?
0: It really depends on where you are in the UK. I mean, dependent on where you are, you've got different networks you can tap into. Majority are online based and usually if you pop a post and they go, Oh, I've got a two children aged, blah, 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 who's around? Then you start to become involved in your you find out what else is going on, who's around. And then you almost build up your little communities together. Um and like the likes of Childcare the Expo, there's always a good good vibe there because they're so inclusive and include nannies, which is lovely to be
1: recognised. And where can people find you if they wanted to follow you or find out more about what you're doing?
0: On me, so I'm on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'd have to get back to you with what my Twitter handle is. I think it's just my we name. can include it in the description.
1: Nice and easy. I think pretty sure it's just my name. And if there was anything that you wanted to tell people about being a nanny or about your career or people starting off in childcare care in general obviously you've got all that experience um in the nursery world as well um what would you tell the practitioners um about nannying or about the industry in general
0: i would say whatever opportunity arises take it and try it because you'd rather try it and be like actually you know what that didn't work for me i don't want to work in management or I want to be a nanny, but actually I don't like the whole soul soul charge thing or I'm too bored and too lonely. But until you've tried it, you don't know. So 10 people can tell you what it's like to be a nanny. I can sit here and tell you my experience of being a nanny. My experience can be completely different to someone else's who hates it or loves it. Um, So I'd say whatever opportunity you get, try it. Because what's the worst that can happen? You don't like it. You move on and you find something else to do.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us and for giving us your time today. Um, it's been incredible to talk to you. And thanks to you at home. Don't forget, for more great content tailored towards those working in care, health and education, it's free to join our network and you gain access to some great articles, videos and resources to support your career and some information about career development as well as our Members Discount and Benefit Scheme. And if you'd like to feature on a future episode of PodCash, please get in touch at alumni at cash.org.uk. Until next time, take care.